Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell. And we are joined today by our resident Sergeant Major. Say hello, Sergeant Major. Hello, everybody. Dib, dib, dub, dub. You always forget to say she's a historian. You always say our resident Sergeant Major. She's actually our resident historian. Historian <laughs> called the Sergeant Major. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all good. We are visiting today a really interesting location. Um, there's a lot of history and a lot of stories and tales from, from this location. There are two quite well-known ones. So we are going to the Hellfire Caves so we do have one here, it's in High Wycombe in, in the UK, which is not too far from London, but there is one in Dublin. But Sergeant Major is going to be giving you the history of High Wycombe because that is the kind well, of... Well, that's a Hellfire Club as opposed to the Hellfire Caves. It, it's the founding... It's under an umbrella, isn't it, of different locations of Hellfire, I believe. But I will give you later on a few tidbits from um dublin as well because i just thought that was quite interesting so we're going to head on over now to mrs sergeant major and she is going to give you a very brief but detailed history of the hellfire caves and the hellfire club right okay brief but detailed that's you know yeah that's a bit a... Of a... let's go okay conundrum right so um what i'm going to do is i'm going to speak to you first about the hellfire club and how that started and then we'll go on to the cave specifically because the club comes first uh -huh. so uh we're starting in london in 1718 so again as always just to give you an idea of where we are your historical context is george the first is on the throne uh 1718 the pirate blackbeard died so oh, of course we all know oh. him not personally not obviously but you know you know where we are uh lord sandwich he of the, you know, two breads and a piece of meat fame was born. And we started to transport our criminals to the American colonies. So England, we used to put them all on the big Hulk ships and we used to send them off. So there you go. That's roughly where we're starting. OK, so um, the Hellfire Clubs, they were rumoured to be meeting places of persons of quality who wanted to take part in socially perceived immoral acts and the members were often involved in politics. Neither the activities or the membership of the club are really easy to work out, and the clubs are rumoured to have had distant ties to an elite society known only as the Order of the Second Circle. That was a rabbit hole I wasn't even going to go down, so I thought, <laughs> no, stick on no. point, let's with Hellfire. So the <laughs> first official Hellfire Club was founded in London in 1718 by Philip, Duke of Wharton and a handful of his high society friends. In 1723, he became the Grand Master of the Premier Grand Lodge of England, and that was founded in 1717. So the Premier Grand Lodge of England was originally connected with Freemasonry, unsurprisingly, and it then became known as the Grand Lodge of England. So uh, Philip, the Duke of Wharton, is already dabbling in those kind of circles uh philip was a very heavy drinker uh and to give you a little example of, of you, the Freddie. problems that was causing him yeah um <laughs> so you can see where this is going but his behavior just became more and more erratic when he got married for the second time he decided to how can i put this delicately flash 
all the wedding guests and his wife and anybody else who's willing to have a look so that he could show <laughs> everyone what his wife was going to be getting later. Oh. Goodness. So this, you know, the delightful behaviour. So uh, unsurprisingly, the ending to this tale is that Philip died an alcoholic in a monastery in Spain at the grand old age of 33. And naked, oh from, naked from the waist down, I assume. Well, it wasn't said, but you know, you can you can kind of assume anything on that one. Yeah. Um, either way, I can't think it was very pretty. You've got to be going some to die of alcoholism at thirty-three. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So the original Hellfire Club was then disbanded in seventeen twenty-one. So then other clubs using the name Hellfire Club were set up throughout the eighteenth century. Most of them were set up in Ireland, which is where obviously Freddie was talking about. The Dublin Hellfire Club became infamous in August 1738 when one of its members, Lord Henry Santry, murdered a bartender in Dublin. Mm. The poor guy was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, Santry had got into an argument with somebody else. Uh, the other person left and Santry was furious and feeling thwarted, looked around for the nearest poor person to take his anger out on and he just ran him through with the sword. That's what I say, I'll, I'll run you through. And he did. Yes, although I suspect he probably didn't give him this, the, the service of actually telling him first. He just yeah. did it. Some poor guy was just, you know, in the wrong place, literally. With his ale. Um, he was convicted of the murder, sentenced to death, um, but he was very reluctantly pardoned by the king in 1740. He spent his last few years of life suffering from gout, exiled into England, and he died 11 years later at the grand old age of 41. So again, naked from the waist down. Well, again, you know, you're, it's building a picture, isn't it, of the kind <laughs> of people. Uh, um, so the most notorious club that was associated with the name of the Hellfire Club was the Order of the Friars of St. Francis of Wickham. And this was established in England by Sir Francis Dashwood. And you can see that he called the order after himself. He inherited a quite a large estate in West Wickham. And the first meeting of his Hellfire Club took place in 1752 on Walpurgis Night, which is the 30th of April. Nice little aside for you, and quite ironic really, St Walpurga is the saint known for protecting, amongst other things, people from evil spirits and witchcraft. Goodness, so there you yeah. go. Mm. Yeah, why, why they chose that night, who knows. So, for reasons that haven't been particularly clear, things didn't really go very well at the estate in West Wickham. And I don't know whether it was just um, the, the surroundings, but, but things didn't go very well, so they decided to move it. So, about six miles away, uh, there was a place called Mendham Abbey. Uh, it's along the banks of the Thames. Um, and Dashwood and 11 of his friends rented it. Uh, from around 1755 onwards, 1750s. So they basically had it as a, a little boys club for the weekends. They rebuilt oh, it in a Gothic revival style. And I found a description of the building and the areas that was written in 1769. So it's quite, it's, I haven't changed the language, so bear with it, but this is how it was described in 1769 by somebody who'd seen it. He said it's got beautiful hanging woods, soft meadows, a crystal stream and a grove of venerable old elms near the house. With the retiredness of the mansion itself made it as sweet a retreat as the most poetical imagination could create. 
Amongst another amusements, they had sometimes a mock celebration of the more ridiculous rites of the foreign religious orders of the Church of Rome, of the Franciscans in particular. Over the entrance was the quote, do what thou wilt. In other words, do whatever you want. Yeah, do what you like. Exactly. So, you know, that's, that's a club motto, isn't it? So Dashwood was in his 50s when the club was most active. So we can't say that, you know, we can give him the excuse of high spirits. Um, he was a good 20 years older than most of all the other men that were there. In 1770, their activities were described as substitute convenial gaiety, unrestrained hilarity and social felicity. God, so, good God. You know, it's like us on yeah. a Friday night, Fred. It, well, exactly. It's, it's, it's rich men getting drunk, um, essentially. And a, and a lot of the, um, right at the beginning, when they were saying they were doing things immoral, I mean... Their idea of immoral and ours were two very different things. It was reading from a book that wasn't the Bible on a Sunday. It was having sex with somebody you weren't married to. So, you know, we have to have to put it in that in that context. Clacton Seafront so, on a Friday night. Clacton Seafront on a Friday night, absolutely. <laughs> so between 1748 and 1752, Dashwood created this local work project. There was a lot of people that were out of work who lived in and around his estate. So he decided to try and do a job creation scheme. So he uh, ordered the chalk hills on his estate to be excavated to provide building materials for roads. And this excavation process created the, the caves, which became known as the Hellfire Caves. So they're around 400 metres long, and they were inspired by Dashwood's Grand Tour when he went around the Ottoman Empire and Italy, Greece and Syria. So there is a route through the underground chambers and it starts at the entrance hall, goes through to the steward's chamber and Whitehead's cave, through Lord Sandwich Circle, named after John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich, uh, Franklin's cage, cave, who is named after Benjamin Franklin, a friend of Dashwood who would visit him at West Wickham, and the banqueting hall, which is allegedly the largest man-made chalk cabin in the world, the triangle, the Miner's Cave, and then finally you have to cross a subterranean river, which they called the Styx. And on the other side of that was the final cave known as the Inner Temple, where the meetings of the Hellfire Club were held. And it is said to lie 300 feet directly below the church, which is sitting on top of West Wickham Hill. In Greek mythology, the river Styx separates the mortal world from Hades and the subterranean position of the Inner Temple directly beneath St Lawrence's Church above was supposed to signify heaven and hell. The club was not very active by the early 1760s and by 1776 it was disbanded. So one particular interesting um, little event that happened one night, I'll give you, give you an idea, again we're going back to these rich men having their hijinks. So uh, one evening the notorious MP John Wilkes brought a baboon in with him. He dressed it up in a costume, put a horns on its head, and he shut it up in a chest. He then rigged up a system with a hidden rope so that he could open the chest from the other side of the room without anybody seeing what he was doing. <laughs> so, oh, it, get, it gets better. It really does. So, um, can you imagine he's sitting there giggling to yeah, himself, yeah. All, thinking, oh, which one am I going to send him? This poor baboon, honestly, you've got to feel sorry, sorry for it. So after dinner, 
he decided now was the time and just as the Earl of Sandwich was going past, he sprung <laughs> a terrified creature. It, oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love this, honestly. So, it doesn't rip his head off, does it? It just, like, totally mutilate no, him. Just, just wait. So this baboon grabs onto the Earl of Sandwich, grasping <laughs> onto him for dear life. The Earl of Sandwich, who's definitely had a skinful by now, has decided it's the devil and he's come to get him. <laughs> so he's begging the baboon, thinking he's the devil, and this is what he said. Spare me, gracious devil. Spare a wretch who was never sincerely your servant. I sinned only from the vanity of being in the fashion. Thou knowest I've never been half as wicked as I pretended to be. Never able to commit the thousandth part of the vices of which I've boasted of. Leave me, therefore, and go to those who are more truly devoted to your service. I am but half a sinner. <gasps> well, if they were supposedly carrying out, um, uh, you know, evil rites or trying to summon the devil or worship the devil, at that point, any pretense that the Earl of Sandwich is... Yeah, a hard yeah, is <laughs> he's out the window. He's shit himself and hands up, you know, arrest yeah, me, arrest yeah, me, yeah, take yeah. me. Please, it's not me, it's I lied, I'm not a bad guy. Go and find somebody who is. So, of course, you can imagine the sheer utter humiliation that the Earl of Sandwich is under when he suddenly discovers that it's all a trick and he turns around and everyone is, quite frankly, wetting themselves laughing at him. So, in 1764, Sandwich got his revenge and did he get his revenge? Wilkes decided to publish a pornographic poem and he dedicated it to a courtesan named Fanny Murray. Yeah, that's Fanny appropriate name. Isn't it just so Far Fanny Murray used to be a lover of the Earl of Sandwich and she was had been a regular visitor to the Hellfire Club. Now, the poem itself isn't supposed to be about Fanny, but it has been dedicated to her. So Sandwich seized his moment and despite the scandal he knew this was going to bring to Fanny, who by now, bless her, is happily married to somebody else and completely innocent of all charges. Sandwich's desire for revenge on Wilkes is so great that he read out the poem in Parliament. And everyone who heard it was shocked to the core. Previously, Wilkes had already been accused of libel against the king. So to say his card was marked was an understatement and this was the final straw. Wilkes actually had to flee the country and was expelled from the house. Mm. Uh, another, another particularly interesting little uh, witty retort between the pair of them. Sandwich once said to Wilkes, Sir, I know not whether you will die on the gallows or of the pox. Wilkes is reported to have said, That depends, my lord, on whether I embrace your principles or your mistress. Oh, oh. <laughs> fine talk. Indeed. So in later years, the Hellfire Club was then closely associated with Brooks, which is a gentleman's club in Pall Mall that was established in 1764. Dashwood himself died in 1781, aged 73. The Hellfire Caves are still open to the public today. They've got a great website, actually. Uh, they've got a lot of information on there about the history and some stories. They've got Halloween events on. They do witchcraft lessons for children. I'm not quite sure where we go about that. And you can also book in <laughs> normal investigations. Um, obviously, go and have a look at the website. It's great. 
bearing in mind with COVID, things are, are open to subject to change, shall we say? Yes. But there yeah. you go. That's that's the more juicy historical details. It's quite an interesting place. So yeah. obviously their their intention with all this frivolity and bad behaviour um, was yeah. was also to to worship the devil, which wasn't. Um, well, well. The, the problem is, is you know, if you're going to ask me, I'm going to tell you what I can find records for. Yeah, and this is what we we know of, yeah, really. The, what the we're... Whole, if they were going to be doing that, they're not going to be writing it down. No. Um, so a lot of it is anecdotal and evidence, definitely. I think from mm. from from when I did the research, I think the general view is it's it's pretty split. There's some people that say that they were engaging in these practices. Others were that it was the perception of others that what they was doing was ungodly, so they assumed it was in communication with the devil. So because they were, you know, oh. drinking and, 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 you know, there was women and, you know, it was yes. lots of lots of sinning. Mm, they yes. they just the assumption went with well if, if if you're not with God you're with that's interesting because the only thing I've ever heard about it is directly to do with satanic worship and conjuring the devil oh it hundred it, it's it's a huge part of the kind of law behind this um, but there isn't much his historical fact for that there's a, there's mm. there's great mm. stories great stories of the things that yes. they've kind of done and got up to but i think that's open to interpretation whether they was engaging in devil worship right. there's definitely things that point towards it but there's also that flip side of you know look at the times if people if they they have boys clubs all everywhere yeah Don't but his do. speech when he thought yeah. the baboon was the devil yes. tells us yes. something that he's like hold on a minute say and i'm Go to someone more worthy. So that little confession definitely tells us there was something there, to ta you know, it, it, worship. It does. It speaks volumes. And even if they weren't doing it, why on earth? It makes you wonder why on earth his first assumption is, is that it's the devil. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not that someone's playing a practical joke on him. Could it be anything else? I mean, if something grabbed hold of me unexpectedly in a costume, admittedly... You'd think it was your fella having a nice little... I'm not going to get that. I'm not going to say, do you know what I the, the devil coming to get me is the last thing Speed I would think. Yeah. But that's just, you know, that may just be. It might just be a sign of the times. Exactly. No, I think, listen, there's no smoke without fire. We know that. I, I think yeah. there's definitely something connected to, to um, the, the, you know, the worshipping or something. There, there's got to be, because these things start from somewhere. These rumours don't just all of a sudden appear. There, there, there's something because, to this. Because the other thing I saw as well do, uh, doing the research for this is that they were, it was like to directly mock organised religion. So they was doing everything the polar opposites. They said, you can't, you can't uh, lay with a woman without being married. So they did that. And they, it, they say, there are rituals and stuff that they did, but it was, uh, I don't know if they knew 100% what they was doing. Well, they did, um, if you remember, there was a bit that I said um, that was written at the time, that they were particularly well known for mocking the rituals of the Franciscan monks. Yeah. On the Church of Rome. 
So that's why he liked the play of the word because his name was Francis. So he called themselves the Orders of St. Francis um, when they were literally just taking the mickey out of what Franciscans would have done, what the Roman church would have done. So that's exactly where that comes from, as you, as you quite rightly say. Um, it was very much, and you know, they would sometimes dress themselves up as monks. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's mockery of a religion, isn't it? Definitely. Absolutely. And if you think about it in those times, there's very much, very much God-fearing times. Everybody mm. went to church at least once a week. On Sundays, probably twice a day. Mm. Uh, if you didn't, the Lord of the Manor would be watching and you might not be getting your wages next week. So people's lives were very strictly uh, revolving around religion. And to see um, a lot of rich, famous men getting very, very drunk and pretending to do the opposite all of this, um, I imagine was, was very disturbing for those who saw it and it could be that it was was all kept in secret but you know what it's like you know what it's like in a little village today yeah word gets round somebody else knowing it soon gets round so i would imagine that there were plenty of rumors and we do know as vanessa said there were an awful lot of female visitors uh some were titled ladies some were courtesans like fanny murray um some probably were dragged along there and that might not have been their choice they may have been young serving girls who worked around and they said do you want to earn a little bit of extra tonight can you come and serve at the table and who knows what's happened there so you know things will get out definitely Mm. so that brings us on nicely to a few kind of ghost stories from from deep within the caves um so the Hellfire Caves have featured on Most Haunted yep. and Ghost Adventures. I've watched both. Have you? Well, I, ha- I haven't seen it either of those on the Hellfire Caves. I've actually been there, but we'll talk well, about that afterwards. What I will say is the Most Haunted ver- uh, visiting the Hellfire Caves was, um, was not the... The best thing I've ever seen on television. Yeah, okay. Is that being polite? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was some <clears throat> stone throwing and some Ooh, and some whispers and some wind. Uh, you know, it, it was okay. It's worth watching. I think the Ghost Adventures one was probably the better of the two. Oh, absolutely, would be. But yeah. it, the most haunted one, it was like quite early on. Yeah. Okay. In in the in the series, yeah. so mm. they was fine tuning. I would say. So we're gonna we're gonna visit uh, one of the members of Dashwood's kind of community down under. I'm gonna call it. So that is a man called Paul Whitehead, and so from my research and, and what he, he was a kind of he was a poet who was employed by Dashwood to kind of keep an eye on the drinks, keep everything topped up, kind of working as a steward. In the, in the club and mm. uh, and being a, a secretary of na- of kind of nature, mm. uh, so there is a part of the of the cave system that's called it's Whitehead's chamber, I think it is, um, and that's meant to be one of the most haunted parts of the cave system. It's I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a map of the system on um Instagram, Twitter, Facebook so you can kind of understand where we are and how we're talking. It kind of goes round into like a triangle and off off each triangle there's like bit like circles in the middle of it as you as you go round. Right, okay. Uh, so Paul Whitehead um was said to have given 
uh, Francis Dashwood, £50. Um, so that on his death, his heart would be removed from his body, put in an urn and kept in the caves. So the urn is still in the caves now, but the heart was apparently stolen by an Australian soldier about 150-ish years ago. Why did... They want his heart in there. What was the reason? Now, Do you know? I've, I've, I've listened to loads of podcasts, done lots of research, lots, 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 watched lots of TV shows. And the kind of thing I get, and now I don't know if this is like fictional and they've just made up this story to, to kind of fit the narrative, but it said that Paul was um, in love with um, Dashwood and that this was his... Dashwood asked him for his heart and this was his way that they could keep their love going. And okay. Apparently. Yeah. It makes a lovely story. Whether that's true or not, I'm not 100% sure. But it's a very strange thing to do. Yeah. Leave your heart in an urn. But it was strange times, Freddie. So... Well, listen, they're dressing up as monks and playing around underground. It's, yeah. it's a very odd time. But anyway, so <laughs> so his, his heart was uh, put in the urn and placed in, in the caves and it was the heart was stolen or the contents of the heart was stolen because mm. I can imagine they probably burnt it and didn't put a live heart in in the, the urn. So anyway, there, the spirit of Paul Whitehead is seen wandering around the caves. Looking he's, for his heart, he, is he? Yeah, and he's seen above ground. He's he's kind of all around, really. And it is said that he's, he's desperately searching for his heart and to see where it is. And they say it's him because they see um, a man wandering around in the kind of 18th century clothing. And, mm. you know, it, it, it fits the story quite nicely. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's 100% him, but it fits a nice little narrative for a little story. The kind of, it? the style of dress that it's reported that he's wearing, it definitely fits in with the time period. Yeah, the and time it, period. And it definitely yeah. would be kind of one of, one of the men that would have frequented this place. And apart from Dashwood, I think Paul was maybe one of the more frequent visitors. Do we know... If this apparition was appearing before the heart was stolen, or are you saying that he's there looking for his heart when it came out of his body and put in the caves? Or was he looking for it after it was no, stolen so by th the Australian? There is no report before this point, and, but there have been reports since. Right, okay, so, so since the Australian yeah. stole the heart, okay. There's also been reports of uh, poltergeist activity down in the cage, and again, it's down in the cage. Down in the cave. In the cage. And it's, again, it's, you know, loud footsteps, throwing stones, throwing objects, people being pushed. That kind of thing. Mm. When I say that kind of thing, you know, like your generic poltergeist haunting, when you think of it, it's things <laughs> shifting about, stones yeah. throwing footsteps, people being pushed. Now, he's one of the uh, spirits that are meant to lurk around, around there. Um, the most prevalent spirit in the hellfire caves is a of a spirit of a spirit of a girl called suki now sergeant major i don't know did you come across her name upon your research i did um but you know me that's your area i stay in my lane <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, listeners, 
we can actually see her when she's saying this. And she's saying this with the most straightest, you know, eye-rolling arrogance of faces you've you've ever... Like, is it like, really? Like, really? <laughs> now she's doing a silent laugh and like where she can't breathe properly. Jesus. Well, I, right. I, I, I <laughs> because uh, the thing is, she only yeah. deals in fact. And yeah. so obviously, Mine and Freddie's part of the show isn't um, completely desirable for her brain knowledge, brain expertise. And, and a lot of it is actually is because I, I find it very easy to get distracted and going off on the wrong angle. So I try and, because, because otherwise I'm at it for hours, well, days and days, just looking at random stuff. So yeah. I, I try and give myself quite a strict criteria. And that's what I'm sticking to. And then you get the joy of going down the rabbit hole down the rabbit hole well we certainly do with this one come then let's have it with suki what's she up to <laughs> so suki is she's a local girl local to um i wickham and she was murdered dun 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 so right. the story goes right she was a chambermaid at a local um establishment called the georgian dragon yep she obviously she she didn't come from you know a great deal of wealth and and dreamed and longed to be in high society, society. and she kind of the less she was from what I get from it she's quite an attractive lady mm -hmm. and a lot of the local boys and local men were quite interested in her yeah. and she had lots of proposals but she declined all of them. Was she waiting for a rich? She was waiting for a rich man. Okay, and he came. Oh. And they courted, and in the end, the wealthy local man, who we don't know who he is, but proposed. Mm. One night, <coughs> she receives a note, and the note kind of says, I need you to come and meet me. I need you to come meet me in the caves. I need you to come so that we can run away together and, and be together at long last and yeah. have our undying love and, and all them things. So she arrives in the dead of night in her wedding dress. God. Uh, but her fiancé is not anywhere to be seen. Mm. And instead, there is a group of local boys waiting for her in the caves. And they've done this to have a little bit of a laugh at her expense. Now, oh. there are two versions of her demise. And I'll give you them both. So this is the first one. So... Once she realised that she had been duped, she panicked and started to run away um, through the caves. But the boys were f throwing stones and rocks at her. One of them hit her on the head. Yeah. And, and she fell and died in the caves. In a panic, the boys carried the body back to her room at the inn, at the Georgian Dragon, and tried to, look, tried to make it look like she'd died from an accident there, as right. opposed to them throwing <laughs> mm. rocks rocks at her. But there is also another version of this story. So, rewind, rewind. She's making her way to the cave. She goes in, but the boys are hidden behind a very large kind of rock or behind a bit of a wall. And they watched as she kind of approaches. But as she walks by, the torch that she was was holding, they've knocked it to the ground. Yeah, but she wouldn't have had a torch in those days. She'd have had a lantern or something. No, not a, not a, not a flashlight. The light. You mean the light her, that she's holding? Her torch, like I don't like a like Indiana Jones, a bit of wood with some spider webs wrapped around it or something. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I know the flame torch. Flame yeah, torch. Yeah. So yeah, she, not... right, she's going through with her oil lamp, <laughs> and, and as funny by gaslight, uh, it's it's dashed to the ground and the flame goes out, and so she's obviously terrified because she hasn't seen them and an unseen something is, and she's obviously heard all the rumours about what goes on down there. So she starts running hysterical and then all the boys think it's hilarious to start laughing. So she's, it's even more manic and it, it's a lot's going on for her. As she's running, she's turned a corner, but she's tripped over and she's smashed her head on the cave wall and She's done herself a, a number and she's unconscious. Right. And it's then the the boys are very concerned and thinking we can't just leave her here. So then again, carry her back uh, to the Georgian the Dragon. To be honest, two similar stories. Very, I mean, very that similar. Could be either one. Very there, there, similar. There's not much difference. Um, so are I we think saying. The second one sounds more. I genuine. say so. I mean, because if it's in the dark, you are more likely to fall and hit your head than to be hit. The, the guys throwing the stones are throwing them in the dark. Yes. So the, the greater odds are that she's going to whack her own head than they are they're going to get a lucky with a yeah. shot. And when, when I post a picture um, of, the, of the caves on Instagram, you will get an idea. They're not, it's not a straight... No, yeah. Kind yeah. of... So are, are we saying she, we think she died inside the caves? I know the second version, she could have died in her room, but are, are we going I, I, along with the line, she died in the cave? It's not a million miles away. Could be either, actually, it couldn't could, it? it? Either or. Yeah. But she's, um, I'll go on and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about this. Mm. So she's often seen as a full apparition and she's most often seen in the banqueting hall. Uh, the banqueting hall's kind of uh, just a little bit over midway um, into, into the caves. So they are... People have reported seeing a young lady dressed uh, in in a white kind of Victorian style wedding dress, which fits the per story perfectly. Do we know what happened to her fella? Was he aware of this trickery? Did did did, did he, he he find out the boys did this? Do we know anything of the back there, the after there story? There is there is a, not a bean. Did he instigate it, her fella? I mean, we don't know anything. We do, do it. not know. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so we have the young lady in the, in the uh, white Victorian wedding dress. She's seen quite often uh, in the banqueting hall and, and kind of in um, subsequent rooms, so and it it, makes, around that area. It makes perfect sense for a classic haunting. Yes, correct. You know, dying in that way, expecting to meet your love in your wedding dress and dying in that way, it is the perfect situation it's, it's, it's the classic tale isn't it of you know it, she found her true love and she fell at the last hurdle and it was very tragic and maybe she's still now running to try and get out of the cat but she's obviously still there yeah it, it makes sense yeah for, for um her. it's also reported as well that um they hear a woman's screams and cries coming from that vicinity and obviously it echoes down so people aren't always necessarily in that room but it definitely comes from that direction. But again, with the kind of th things that have gone on in there and what they may have got up with with some of their lady friends... Yeah, they, there could have been multiple they, murders down there of women. You know, but... Especially if they were doing the satanic men, 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 especially in that age, especially drunk men, uh, with no people telling them what they can and can't do no limits 
I can imagine there have been a few more than a few accidents down there. Mm. I say accidents. It's a murder, isn't it? Essentially, <laughs> sex games. <laughs> sex games gone wrong. If you want to be specific about it, yes, <laughs> yes. I try. I try to be PC, but. <laughs> Let's not be like our fella Sage, who who murdered his bird on the rack from Chillingham Castle. Now listen, yeah. th 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 you know it happens. We know that already from Chillingham Castle. Well, it happens all the time now. It's all on Sky happens News. Happens now, yeah. So, um, as well in in that same area, there is a lot of variation in temperature. Uh, and it's sporadic throughout this, so it's not just one spot yeah, that's yeah. particularly cold. It's the, the, measurable. It's measurable, drops, and, yeah. and the cold spots move um, around each segment. Yeah. There's also uh, been a lot of light anomalies, orbs um, captured uh, from visitors, tour guides. Lots of people have, have experienced these things. I want to tell you something. When I was a kid, my granddad took me and my sister there and um we were we were only very young and um i went to the to the start of these caves and i and i felt so strongly something sick and hideous and terrible was there and i said to my granddad i can't go i can't go and he's like but we've driven all this way oh, it's not around the corner it was it was a treat for us and i and i said i couldn't i couldn't so then he said, okay, then, will you stay here? Me and your sister will go. Now, I was only about six, but in them days, you would just leave kids randomly for hours. I mean, it was here, especially my granddad's. So he said, right, you stay there, and me and your sister will go. Minute. Yeah. I'm like, right. Anyway, so, of course, I stayed there because I was terrified. And I remember they're saying, look, come, come, and I couldn't. I couldn't. I could not even step foot. I knew something terrible. And I just felt it. I felt it. Anyway, so him and... Uh, and then my sister, she went with him for a little while, then she ran back. Then she, then she ran back and, and she came to stay with me because she was one year older than me. My point is, I never went inside the caves because I felt something so bad I could feel it, even as a young girl. And I'm like, I don't care. I'll stay up here on my own at six years old. I am not going in there. And uh, so I never actually got it. But I can tell you from, I'd, I'd love to go back now and feel that energy as an adult. I think you only have to look at the place it is a very, very creepy looking place. And you can tell that it's got a lot of atmosphere. Um, I would like to visit. I would like maybe to go. We should, maybe we should do that as one of our live, live investigations. Live from, go, go there from live. the Hellfire Caves. I think you need a lot of protection going in there, though, because Jesus, I mean, I felt it as a child, but then I was very sensitive. But uh, I would... I would say that there, there's lots of spooks in there, 100%. I would say so as well. Um, and I, I, maybe not even necessarily connected with the activities I mean, are we of... saying as well, if, if they were conjuring um, anything satanic, then you're going to have some nasty little fuckers down there anyway, some minions or some lesser demons. If they were doing that, let's just say if, and if they're practising Satanism down there, then there's going to be more than a few ghosts down there. And mm -hmm. we know that, so obviously it's an if. Uh, our historian, what are you saying? I mean, we don't know, do we? We don't know. We no, don't absolutely. know if they did that, but... No, exactly. And I, I think even if you even if you go and you, you look at it, that they weren't deliberately doing that. If we, if we could go with the nicest possible scenario, that they weren't deliberately looking to conjure the devil, 
but they were a lot of rich men who were carrying out excesses, they were carrying out vices, they were clearly discussing it or they were comfortable discussing with it because of the baboon incident, that, that shows us that, you know, he's quite happy to say, and he said, I've not done a thousandth of the things that I have admitted to. He's saying he exaggerated his own wickedness. So it was clearly a so place that, where they were happy to discuss amongst themselves and what put out that as, as being bad. That energy and that evil energy and wanting that evil. Uh, evil you know, it's, it's it's almost you know the devil's playground. You know, yeah, it's, definitely, yeah, 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 yeah. It, you know, lots of drinking, lots of sex, lots of talk of the devil and things like and that and it's intent isn't it if you're doing these things with with bad intent with bad energy that's when you get bad energy back so you know there's definitely well, something be, going on because there. it's magnetism isn't it and you yeah. know you know negative yeah. will draw to negative yeah. and, and likewise so in in terms of um we, we talk about the negative and stuff there's not mm. a, there's not a huge deal of massively negative activity that goes on down there there are people that are pushed there are people that are scratched. People do have stones thrown at them. But it's not to a level that you would expect. Well, maybe it's not to a level that it's happened to the people they've gone public and told us about. I would say it's probably more than we know about because not everyone puts their story of on course, Google so we can't course. read it. But I, I would say it's I'd say it's a pretty active place from what I mean. What, what, what did Ghost Adventures find down there? Um Was it a good yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's decent. They, yeah, they caught yeah, they, they caught they caught some stuff. It's not listen. It's not their best episode ever. They caught some stuff. It is worth watching. You know, I think most of them are worth watching. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's most because there's uh, what's that fella called? Is it Richard Felix? He's very intense. It, that's their historian. Yeah, look, 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 look. She's gonna say, look, come on, right, give yeah. us your opinion. Oh, you're back in my lane. Carry on, it's fine. What is I'm your opinion back. on Richard? Felix as a historian. Oh, yeah, he seems to know his stuff, yeah. Oh, we know he's his a, stuff. He's a very parrot, but he's, I think he's more on the side of a paranormal historian, isn't he? Because he knows a lot about the paranormal side of history, I think. Yeah, yeah. but he's but, just but, very intense. He's a... Um, but that's, that's the joy of history, isn't it? It doesn't matter what you're into. You can be a historian of anything. Yeah. Because everything, there's the, whatever subject you, you like, you can specialise in the history of it. I'll be the historian of Vodka Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> vodka Diet Coke through the ages. I'll be the historian of um, Oasis. Yeah, I'll be an Oasis historian. Yeah, definitely. That's what's but the great you might have to wait. It. You might have to wait a few years before you'd get any No, work. I'll start from when they're kids. It's all right. I'll just I'll make it up as I go along. Well, we've gone on, on a right anyway, tangent. Anyway, tangent. Then. Right, back to it. Um, right, yes, so listen. So, right, when are we going to get to the Irish Hellfire? I'm getting there. Right, okay. Goodness, we're going through the activity of what goes goes on in, in the current one. So, right, um, go on then. Again, there is, there is a woman that works there. She's the assistant manager. I think her name is Julianne Barlow. And she believes that um lots of the spirits down there mm. are the spirits of children now i don't particularly know why she thinks this but she believes it to be because a lot of people have taken pictures and there is a, a child in the background or the kind of the orbs and stuff are at a child's height Smaller height yeah yeah um and it the the light anomalies in in the pictures gravitate towards other children 
Okay, well, that would make perfect sense then. It's child spirits. Mm hmm. From, off the back of that evidence, yeah, of course. Uh, there's also meant to be the ghost of an elderly man, and he is seen throughout the cave system. And someone has an eyewitness saw an apparition of this elderly gentleman walk through the, the wall and to vanish which I find confusing and conflicting because Why? it's built into the ground. It's not as if there's a room behind it. Um, so yeah, I'm... Yeah, but spirits yeah. can do that. You know, spirits can hide themselves in brick. I mean, if he wanted to get out, say, for example, if he wanted to get out of the way, he could easily embed himself in that wall and come back out when there was no people. I mean, it, it, it's, yeah, it's know, possible. We it, don't know why it does it, but it's certainly possible. Conflicting views on he that He wouldn't one. need to have been going into another room to walk through a wall, yeah. as most spooks don't. Uh, and there's also many uh, visitors report strange kind of shapes floating towards them and stuff. But again, it so always... general apparitions. It, 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 general kind of apparitions, not, yeah. light anomalies... Um, sounds, feelings. A again, a lot of people have the feeling of like a foreboding, feel very negative down there, become overcome, emotional and stuff. Yeah. So, that, yeah, so there's that. So that is Hellfire Club, High Wycombe. But we're gonna, I'm gonna move on over very, very quickly to um, Dublin, and it's um, up in Dublin with their Hellfire Club. So I won't go into into the history of it all because um, we won't we don't have time for that one, but I'm just going to give you a few little bits from there. So there is a theory that the reason that the lodge was so haunted to begin with is because they used the stones from local graves to construct the building, and that's and that's. Do you know what? Funny enough, can I just interject a little bit of a tangent? When I was talking to Simon Ludgate the other day, he was, he's, he's on, by the way, he's on next week. He was telling me of a case that, had, and exactly the same thing, the flagstones of their floor in the Welsh farm were made from flag, uh, from gravestones. Um, so you've just triggered my memory. So yeah, I get that. Why in those days, I mean, historian, you know, was that a common practice then, obviously? Uh, it could be, yes. I mean, definitely they would always um, reuse building materials. They were much better at recycling than we were. Um, many times, if you see a ruined castle, the reason it's ruined is because it, it became abandoned and the locals basically just pilfered everything they could get their hands on and they, they took it apart hand by hand in order to then build their own property. Yeah, so that, that, that's very common. That movement... Um, yeah, also there are examples, um, especially if you get in older churches, you will often find that part of the foundation of older churches will be grave markers from previous Anglo-Saxon churches. So you can go along and you can see a medieval, there's a, one that I visited a while ago, it's a medieval church and built into the walls of the church are the tombstones of Anglo-Saxon burials. So it's not uncommon by any means. So yeah. that's so that's clarified for us. Yeah. So the the best story I found from this is they would obviously um, there was rumours that they would try and conjure the devil, and they would often leave a empty seat. So when they when they gathered, they they had their rituals of, of what they would do. And they would always leave an empty chair for the devil to join them. Yeah, yeah. One particular evening, they are gathered round, they're drinking, they're in high spirits and playing a game of cards. When a loud 
bang, bang, bang on the door came. Yeah. And I opened it and a mysterious gentleman come in, took the chair, sat and joined them at the the uh, the card Ta- table, table yeah. and, and joined in their game of cards. They had lots of fun with this gentleman. They said he was great, he was lovely. Uh, but throughout the game, one of the one of the gentlemen playing cards has, has dropped one. Yeah, that's and has right, yeah. And as he bends under the table to collect his card, he looks over at the mystery gentleman and notices that he doesn't have human feet. He has the cloven hoof. Oh. That's a famous story, and I've heard of that many, many times. I've Again, I've actually been to this place in Dublin. Um... I can't say I felt anything kind of any, you know, it's, it's a ruin now. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's burnt down. The, 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 it? Yeah, but the remains are there. I think I remember there being... Again, I went when I was a kid. But it's a famous story, yeah. So he engaged with them all night. He had all the hilarity. And, um, and um, was... But as... It, it gets better. Yeah, go. So as um, this man... Uh, comes back up with his card, he's thinking, well, I think I need to let let the others know. And in the process of him letting on to the secret, he burst into a ball of flames and died. Oh. Spontaneous combustion. Right, well, I haven't heard the burst into a bit of ball of flames and died. What I have heard is that that night they were being served, obviously, by... uh, And again, it was a man. And... um, the head man of the, you know, the Hellfire Club, actually set him on fire, because they were known for murdering people like they did before. That's, and I, actually, I think potentially. So that there is another similar story. Yeah. Um, uh, uh involving one of the gentlemen that frequented was the club. Server, yeah, he set, but, set him but on this fire. Was, yeah. It was a separate time. So they was separate they, was, they okay. was in a bar, I think, or a, you know, a pub setting, and the barman did something that was to his distaste. So he. Doused him in the brandy and then threw a match on him. Mm. And apparently that's how the something burned down. Do you know, it's funny. I mean, we'll, we'll get all these versions. And you, you know, when you read this out so many times, we always kind of say, well, there's two or three versions here. Which one should you go with? So, I mean, we're never going to get the, you know, I, I suppose 100%. So it's all a much of a much, I think, really, isn't it? Of course. Okay. Uh, there is another very famous story connected um, with this place. So it's meant to be haunted by a very large black cat with burning fire eyes. Right. And again, this links to your brandy. So often at the beginning of each gathering, uh, each member, they would sit around a circular table and they would drink something called scalthine. Scalth, S-C-A-L-T-H-E-E-M. Our Sergeant Major is screwing her face up, so she's obviously not heard about this. Do you know what this drink is? No, Scalphine. Yeah. I'll tell you what it is. A type of mead or... No, I'll tell you what it is. I know what it is. Uh, And so they would drink this liquid and it was a toast to the devil and they would leave the empty chair at a spot at the table so if the devil did appear, that's where he would, um, would sit. Ah, it's a mixture of melted butter and whiskey. Scow theme. It's not. It's a no from me personally. It's a mi- melted it's, it's butter and whiskey. No it's a me. bloody no from me as well. And I do like a neat whiskey, but no, not um, with butter. So what they would often do with this drink as well, so they would have a swig, because I can't imagine they liked it much as well, and then they would pour it over a cat, and then oh, they blinding. would set the cat on fire. God's sake. Lovely. 
and That's so the matter with these men. So it is believed that the you know the spirit of this cat is one of the well cats. that would make bloody sense. Well, I'd come, I'd scratch their eyes yeah. out. Wicked bastards. <laughs> but um, the, it gets a little bit better. So in kind of times forward, fast forward a little bit, there is a priest that goes to investigate what they're doing because mm. he thinks. Wagging, wagging finger, he's up there. Yes, I've heard this story. This is interesting. Say, and he disturbs, he bursts in and disturbs yep. the sacrificial ceremony of a black cat, which again leads us to satanic uh, Satanism. Yep. It does. Listen, you're sacrificing animals. It all leads us back to what the place is reputed for. Um, so they say. So the priest, obviously, you know, a bit taken mm. aback, grabs grabs the animal and starts to... <laughs> I'm, doing I'm, the holy war, yeah. Doing, doing, yeah. Doing, doing an exorcism. I'm doing it live here now for you all. Yeah, but you yeah, yeah. And as he's doing this, a demon bursts from the cat's body mm. and runs away. Well... There you go. Well, yeah, because when you're talking black cats, obviously you're talking familiars and witchcraft, which was probably far more what they would have associated it with than, than devil worship. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. Listen, if you're a satanic worshipper, you know, it's, it's classic to kill cats. They start off by killing cats before they get to humans. I mean, yeah, I, I, think also, it's, I think witch, it's both. It's definitely both. Yeah, absolutely. There's the link, totally. Because if you're accused of being a witch, you're, you are expected to have a familiar, yeah. which is an animal, which is your way of communicating with the devil. Yes, yeah, because of course. I was, witchcraft back then, you know, witchcraft you and devil worship went but, hand in but hand. But witchcraft, you wouldn't sacrifice your cat. Satanic, Satanism, no, they sacrifice that, the yeah. witchcraft. You would hold but, that familiar close and dear to you. Because but the, it was the, a, the symbolism of it is... Yeah, I mean, they just pick on yeah. cats. Yes, yes. Um, poor old cats. Poor yeah. old cats, well, I know. I mean, I mean, I'm not a... I mean, I'm not, I'm not a cat fan. A, I prefer no. dogs, but listen. No, but, you but don't want to hurt. hurt. Is what we're saying. Basically, do not sacrifice your cats at don't home, sacrifice ladies and Don't sacrifice any animals. Um, or children. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for that. David Brent moment there. Um, don't try this at home, yeah. <laughs> there, there are also uh, two nuns that are spotted up on the hill, and they are known as Blessed Margaret and Holy Mary. And... Mm. Um, People don't know if they are nuns or women who dress as nuns and took part in their um, black naughty uh, <laughs> vicar and tarts party. Vicar <laughs> and tarts, seventeenth century, and so that's kind of where we're at with that. So I did want to give you. So I, I did a little bit more re bonus research oh, for you all. Oh, good boy! So there are hellfire clubs that still exist. They are what you can act what like in the really real world in the really real world currently right now. Whoa. Um, so they are mostly in Ireland still, and there is a recognised Hellfire Club at Trinity College that meets in central Dublin. There is also a Hellfire Club at Maynooth. I hope I'm saying that right. University, uh, and they meet regularly. Meet regularly in Cork. They carry out similar kind of actions. I was going to say, are they just men, men only clubs where they, they rape and pillage only, women? No. They kind of, they do mock ceremonies and it's just a get together. God, really? Drink, loads of drinking. So initially so they are copying. club, isn't it? Yeah. It's the original. Yeah. Things, yeah. They are copying yeah. 
and it, I think I think they've maybe taken out, you know, the rape and pillaging yeah. and stuff. But um, yeah, the stuff that's completely well. I illegal. hope they have. Listen, <laughs> yeah. if you're a member of the Hellfire Hellfire Club, Trinity Get in College, touch. I'd yeah. like to know what <laughs> you're doing. But again, it's all steeped in secrecy. But again, next bonus tidbit. You at home can join a Hellfire Club, mm. and it costs start our own. It costs you sixty pounds for a lifetime membership, and oh, wow. it's sacred to liberty and friendship. Uh, your membership includes an introductory booklet, a meditation chart, initiation ritual, a personalised certificate, and enamel pin, pin badge. badge. Do they say say what the initiation ritual is? No. So I want to know what the medication chart is. What you need to take these? Oh, no, medi meditation. Medi meditation. Oh, thank you. Right, meditation. Must thank take you. your aspirin. My mind was boggling. Okay, right. <laughs> um, but also with this is the opportunity to apply for the a real initiation to the inner order, which is the main branch so you can be an honorary member of the hellfire club and tell people you know i'm a member of the hellfire club that'll cost you 60 quid if you want to be in with them you can you have to do that and you can apply to be part of the initiation i'm not sure we should be advertising this you know well listen do what you like do what you like it's a free world um, but <laughs> no, no, no freddie do what that will do what that will. will that's my motto uh the in your the in your i can't tell you much about the in your the in your the inner order they've been very discreet and private if anybody is listening who is a member of this club um please get in contact and we'll have you on for an interview yes they've... anonymously anonymously mm. wish to, you know, naturally as well i've i really want to speak to a satanist someone who practices satanism oh i don't know if that's a bit of me freddie no I mean, jesus I, uh... no do your research well, listen, I have. That's why I wouldn't particularly want to talk to one. No, I will. I'd like to. Um, but the Hellfire Club have tried to be visible to the world. They have, they host events and they publish books. And they've got a... They're either bought out a book or they're, they're in the process of a secret symbols of the Hellfire Club, which is kind of a history of the organisation with some basic insights into what goes right, on Right, our historian, will you join this secretly then under a pseudonym? of a sergeant major and um get back to us well i might have to have an alternative pseudonym because you can't join as the sergeant major you, you can know, you can I make up a man's name well, you could be aunt sally no oh, she's not let she's got no, a feather isn't she oh wurzel gummidge yeah oh that they'll see that'll be fine they won't see through that at all no yeah. no no <laughs> Do that. one of your old oh, kid, do one of your old king names that you love. Do do oh, Longshanks yeah, or something. Find something. I'll, I'll sign up as Edward Longshanks or yeah, something. Yeah, that's just, it, exactly. Just yeah. do John Smith. John Smith. It reminds me very much of when I was a child and I used to do a pet club. You know, oh, let's let, let's give everybody a little little membership. Listen, so there's a guaranteed way to get in. Put your name as John Sage from Chillingham Castle, the torturer. <laughs> They'll, they'll, they'll know him and they'll get you straight in. You'll be upgraded with the membership straight away. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably got membership, you know, in Honorary. He's an honorary <laughs> member. They've said, oh, he's come yeah. back. Oh, he's taking his time. <laughs> in you come, yeah. boy. Come back round again. Yeah, come back round again. Okay. Um, goodness. So that is um, your tour of the Hellfire Caves and, you know, a bit of background and history on the Hellfire Clubs. Uh, that 
frequented them. To be honest, them. it's not as spooky, or there isn't as many stories as I thought, no. but the historical stuff and the backstory I found is, is, is fascinating talking about. It's a super, super interesting place. Yeah. Um, I would highly recommend going there. Like you said, I looked on the on the website as well. They've got loads and loads of fantastic activities. There's meant to be a fantastic cafe at the top, which serves some lovely food. You know, it, it's a good day out, I'd say. Get yeah, it's, somewhere, down it's, it's definitely worth going. Yeah, definitely. Um, but definitely do your protection when you're going in them caves. And I'm just going to say that and not budge from that at all. Because there's definitely you something You are there. going to do cover soon, aren't you? As a little bonus tidbit um yes we are on protection, yeah. protection yeah, all angles stuff. of protection yeah absolutely it's, it's a nest for people that are in this world and understand it or want to get to understand it it's absolutely a necessary thing to do every single time end of subject so we will be talking about that sergeant major any last thoughts uh, no, I'm. I'm still. Um, I'm thinking about the Hellfire Club. I'm wondering what. Uh, what interesting <laughs> options it may bring. Whether oh. there's any secret handshakes or anything. Well, that's it. You need to ask what the initiation ceremony is. You, you need. You, we need to get that. We need to find it's out. Probably, that. probably down half a bottle of vodka. Or something like that. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's probably right. run around naked or one of these bloody <laughs> men things. Reenact wee Willy Winky. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be saying perverse if there's a load of men involved. Or, or dress as a baboon and jump out on something. Yes, ah. Oh, I bet it's, yeah, naked with a baboon head. Yeah, and it, it only Running counts, around it only the counts if you three times. It. Knock on the door, yeah, it's got to be. I, I, I fear maybe we're bigging this up a bit too much. Maybe I, think, maybe, I think, yeah, maybe it's you've got to send them a letter to say, hello, I'd like to join. Yeah, here's my 60 quid. Yeah, and they Thank say, you. right, you are initiated because you've, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. God bless you, my yeah. child. Yeah. So, envelope was the initiation. <laughs> if you uh, can lick a stamp, you're in. You're in. We've got your DNA. Yeah, just give us your 60 quid. Happy days. <laughs> Happy days. Listen, if you want to join our Hellfire Club, we're doing it for the mere fee of £40. <laughs> we'll make one up. We'll do it tonight. I'm going to do it now very, very quickly. There'll be a website, I'm sure, something. We'll get you a certificate. And, and what I'll do and, is... And a signed picture of Freddie in his kimono and as uh, head of the Hellfire Club. And I'll send you a bottle of vodka. That's your initiation. And you've got to drink it. Yeah, all at once, yeah. All at once. On Zoom. Uh, yeah. On Zoom to yeah, me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, that's Fred's Hellfire Club. Anyway, guys, listen... Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Sergeant Major, for your knowledge this evening. Uh, we will be back next week. We've got um, Simon Ludgate. Yeah, lined up and ready for you. So that'll be good. That'll be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, as always, uh, I will say follow our socials. Uh, I will put the uh, tags of them in the episode description. We've also in there is our email address to contact me or Vanessa personally, but we also have an email address for our Sergeant Major. So any historical questions you have, anything you want clarification on, please, please, please pop an email over to her. I will post the email as well in the episode description so it is there for you to, to use and have access to. Um, I just want to say our next week's guest, just to, just you know, to watch out for him and to make sure we listen next week. He is a shaman, someone who is quite rare, quite a rare skill set. Um, he's a published author. 
um, books for Gabriel's Liar and Accidental Wizard. He's an ex-TV director, so he's actually essentially very, you know, very professional man. He's fascinating and we're both looking forward to, we're all looking forward to having him on next week. So please definitely watch out for him. Super. And uh, so it's have a blessed week, gang. And I'll speak to you all very, very soon. Ciao for now. Bye.